fool can't die because the whole trilogy is about him, right? What are the titles of the books, though? Because it's like Avenge of the Tawny Man, one of the titles. It's Fool's Errand, Golden Fool, and Fool's Fate. Oh, dear. Fate is a horrible word. (laughs) (laughs) This is not good. This is not good. I can't handle it. We're here for you. Coming to you from inside the walls, this is episode 43, Fool's Errand, chapters 1 through 6, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader again. I'm Eli, and I'm also a rereader. Uh-oh. I'm Ashley, and I'm the only new reader? <laughs> Joey, what are you? <laughs> I am a first-time audiobook listener. Okay. I was like, man, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of like <laughs> wink, wink, jab, you. jabs coming at me. I don't know if I can handle it. This one isn't as much like that. There's yeah. no like okay. big thing we're waiting for you to get. Right. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do no spoilers after what we've read. But uh, I've decided that spoilers for Live Ship are allowed because, you know, we've read it. Um I don't think we should pretend that we haven't. So, uh, you know, we could talk about Amber and all that good stuff. Okay. I guess you could say that ship has sailed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. God bless the bunch. She's still got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, it's corrections, omissions, and announcements. First up, we have merch. If you haven't heard, we have lots of merch. Uh, you can Please buy things and send us pictures of you wearing them. It's yes. awesome. Yes. Shout out to the people who bought Bucky Radio shirts. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, we all recently took the Realm of the Elderlings personality quiz that was made by Black and White Motley on Tumblr. And I think uh, they're called Fennel the Cat on Twitter. And uh, we all failed. Well, no, I failed. I, well, <laughs> we both got Molly, and I don't. Did think we that... just all get dutiful? <laughs> I can't believe you got dutiful. That's bizarre. <laughs> and then uh, Eli and Alyssa both got the fool because they cheated. <gasps> I was trying to <laughs> cheat to get the fool. I, I did not cheat. I took it as fast as I could, assuming that I was going to get fits, and I didn't. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anyone get Fitz on the internet, so I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, I've seen right one night eyes. I got Fitz's face because I am Paragon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that counts. <laughs> Certainly counts so. more than freaking Molly. <laughs> yeah, I was, meh. Yeah, want, want. I just don't feel like my answers justified being Molly. I agree. I think that I perfectly embody a mad ship with roaring dragons inside of it. Sounds great. Alright, also to celebrate our entry into the Tawny Man trilogy, which is my favorite trilogy, I made another playlist, and Alyssa helped me 
It's called the Apricot Brandy Playlist. You can find it on Spotify, and I will link it in the description. I tried really hard to make you cry, so I hope you like it. <laughs> mm, so it's really uplifting? Yeah. It's super uplifting, yeah. If you mean by lifts you up really high and then slams you into the ground as hard as possible. <laughs> Can't wait to listen. <laughs> Yeah, I recommend that you just put it on and stare at the ceiling and cry for like an hour and a half because yeah. that's how long it is. I'm going to work out and listen to it. Just really I don't get I, into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> it seems dangerous. Seems dangerous. I made one called Forged, which might be better for workouts. <laughs> okay. All right. Send me the Forged list. Is this the one where you can like, you know, walk up a flight of stairs and just be like, oh, my back and then just cry about it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Gentle. Perfect. <laughs> a lot of acoustic guitar. <laughs> uh, uh, and last but not least, shout out to Yetta, who, who emailed us specifically today so that it would arrive before we recorded this episode uh, to thank Elena for her part in our live ship episodes. And Elena is not joining us for the Fitz books, so we will relay the message to her. But thank you very much for appreciating her. Oh. She did elevate the podcast. She did class act. (laughs) Now it's just back to us idiots. (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. So last time on Bucky Radio, (laughs) if you're joining us for the first time since the Farseer trilogy ended, you're going to recognize a new voice. That person is Alyssa. Say hello, Alyssa. Hello, Alyssa. And if you started listening during live ship and you didn't listen to the Farseer trilogy, then your new voice is going to be Joey. Say hello, Joey. Hi. You've heard me twice now. (laughs) And it was always Malta. (laughs) It was always Malta. Um, We still have a Malta. We do. That's That's how you know it's a good book. Fucking better died when I read that, but yeah. Uh, Fool's Errand is book one of the Tawny Man trilogy. It was published in 2001 and continues the story of Fitz Chivalry Farseer, the royal bastard assassin with a witted wolf that we last saw helping his king, Verity, scour the six duchies of Redship Raiders by carving and bringing to life a great stone dragon. With Fitz's help and great personal sacrifice, the other stone dragons are awoken to help. All while Fitz keeps Verity's kingdom from being stolen by his younger half-brother, Regal. Along the way, we learn that Fitz isn't just a tool of the crown. He's a catalyst for the future, leveraged by a mysterious and enigmatic prophet that Fitz knows as the court fool. We get the distinct impression that near the end of the Farseer trilogy that there's a lot of history that has been forgotten in terms of the magics available to the people of the Six Duchies, and we're only touching the tip of the iceberg. Many of the characters disperse to their own storylines at the end, and Fitz settles into a lonely life with his wolf, Night Eyes, content to live in anonymity in order to keep his bastard daughter safe from his accumulated enemies. Who wants to read the Fool's Errand blurb? I will if nobody else wants to. Go for it. Fool's Errand blurb. Years have passed since Fitz was tortured by Prince Regal. Now he lives in self-imposed exile far from court. Even his beloved Molly believes him dead. It is safer that way. But safety remains an illusion. Even though the war is over, dangerous undercurrents still swirl around the six duchies, and suddenly young Prince Dutiful disappears just before his crucial diplomatic wedding to shore up the peace. The fool brings Fitz a secret mission. 
He and his bonded companion, the wolf Night Eyes, must find Dutiful and bring him back to be wed. Hashtag spoilers. I didn't know any of this. (laughs) 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 For if the out... (laughs) Sorry. For if the out islanders are snubbed, war will surely resume. But what if the prince does not wish to be found? Question mark. What do you think about that, new readers? Is this everything you wanted from a sequel to the Farseer trilogy? This is a lot to take in. All right, so uh, we've got some political machinations coming right at us. But first, we have to deal with our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Feelings. There are no prologues, so let's go straight into chapter one. Chapter one. Chad Fallstar. The return of Chad. Chade. Chade. Is time the wheel that turns, or the track it leaves behind? Kelstar's riddle. Which is not a riddle because time is definitely the wheel, and then I always just imagine that Fitz is in the mud, face down. Is he reading Wheel of Time? Yes. <laughs> a wind. There's a wind in the, in the six duchies. So... Welcome to Shay Fitz. Your host is Fitz Chivalry. If you remember him, he's sad. He's old. He shares his soul with a wolf. And by the way, he's still a bastard. You've missed him dearly. He's back to pout and plot his way into your heart. It's been 15 years since the events of the Farseer trilogy. When y'all were off reading those Snakes and Ladders and Boats books, Fitz was getting busy. A whole lot or very little has happened in those 15 years. <laughs> Fitz is 35-ish, but in Fitz years, that makes him somehow older than Chade. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, this middle-aged Fitzosaurus, a.k.a. Tom Badgerlock, because of the white streak in his hair, has been living comfortably for the fat past 15 years in a cottage near Forge in optimal domestic bliss, uh, which I find kind of strange because isn't forge where there were you know skill zombies and stuff i, I don't know why you would want to take up residence in that everybody part of else left yeah because <laughs> it was quiet um he's living in six duchies chernobyl <laughs> it's awful it's just i mean like how could you not experience it's like he wants ptsd and i think that there's actually talk of that in later chapters it comforts but... him it comfort pain comforts him um when he's not hunting with his equally retired wolf night eyes he's busy making pretty inks and writing the histories of the six duchies with said pretty inks all the while he makes petty attempts to resist skilling out to a skill deaf world which he utterly fails at because fitz fails at everything if you forgot in your time away from him uh sometime after the it's what he does. Sometime after the events of AskQuest, Tom Badgerlock has... If you... I, I still... I missed... I miss AskQuest. I just miss saying AskQuest. But. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Badgerlock has taken on a ward, Hap, which makes Fitz kind of like an off-brand Batman. Uh, though Hap, whose parents are probably also dead, lacks the appropriate level of angst needed to fulfill the Bat or Farseer legacy... Hap is better than all that. He has the not-so-superhuman power of being slightly above average at woodworking and fishing, and aspires to make cabinets in Buckheap one day. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's about as much as I care to know about Hap, and everything else is boring. 
Oh, I mean, I hope Hap? not, but I'm not holding my breath with him. Uh, it's also important to know that Hap, uh, short for Mishap, was named by and brought to Fitz by none other than Starling Birdsong, Fitz's erstwhile traveling minstrel companion and currently quarterly fuck buddy. Which is to say that they are not married, but they get down whenever she's in town three to four times out of the year. Uh, which is, frankly, in my opinion, just not enough sex. I mean, Fitz is holding out for, what, like, two or three pop-offs, like, every quarter. That's that's kind of fucked up. He's but doing I better think... than me, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what, he, that's what he's, like, waiting for. Um... It's spring now, and Starling has absconded to Bucktown with Hap to experience the Six Duchies Coachella Spring Fest. If you remember, Spring Fest is, from what I recall, that's when uh, that's when uh, Fitz went fucking buck wild, and was like, <laughs> that's the only thing that kept him excited through the entire time. There was kerosene, and we know how much Fitz loves kerosene. We know, and it's brought up multiple times. Um, and speaking <laughs> speaking of sex, Starling knows it's it's high time Hap has lost his V card. At least that's my theory. Starling is totally that kind of aunt to encourage premature teen sex. She's probably also the same one who's like handing off joints and and booze um, to say the same those same teens. Um, and this has left uh, Fitz and Night Eyes all alone in the time being to be boring and sad, which which is really honestly what's been happening. Um, and it's not soon enough. Comes Chade Fallstar, true to name, like a burning lump of space rock hurtling towards the earth to rot upheaval in the peaceful Jurassic lifestyle of old man Fitz. <laughs> Who's the catalyst now, Fitzosaurus? It's Chade, one of your favorite killer dads. This one is like Patrick Stewart. He's always been old. He's always <laughs> been awesome. He sometimes dresses like a woman so he can confuse and kill his foes. You'd think the analogy broke down there, but you haven't seen the latest Star Trek reboot. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way have gotten weirder and weirder i can say although i don't think that that's happened yet in star trek but it will um it's just a it's just a friendly assassin's visit to his former apprentice um he's not just here to reminisce and drink though he's come specifically on a mission which sort of hurts his uh fits his feelings uh, his true purpose is to recruit Fitz as a skill teacher to the young heir of the six duchies, Princess Keddies and Prince Prince Verity's son, King. Prince Dutiful. King, King Verity's King. son, Prince Dutiful. Fitz sure, might feel some on... <laughs> and Queen Keddie, not Princess. Queen, Queen Ket. Oh my gosh, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just killing their titles. <laughs> their royalty. Um... But he has little to do with that because Verity, uh, oh, uh, no, wait, Fitz, Fitz might be obligated to this quest considering it was his penis oh, that caused the baby to happen. You might forget that, but it was his penis <laughs> that that caused that baby. So in P-word. some ways, and, and it ca- it's the P word that caused that. And he, he did, ironically, he had little to do with it because it, Verity was kind of skill-possessing Fitz's body when the deed was done, which is still somehow less creepy than when Molly was doing Night Eyes while oh, wit-possessing Fitz's body. God, you're just bringing up all the old I would trash. like to apologize to that person who is listening to this out loud again. <laughs> I want these to are, These are... It's all the, uh, you know what, guys, it may sound graphic, but these are important details. 
It I'll is because he refers later on. He says something about like his children, plural, finding out who yeah. he is. So he considers this person his kid because of well, I mean, the people. Technically, is his DNA right? That's what I'm saying. He, I'm with you, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He wasn't there for it, but it's it's his. It was his p word. Um, and did I mo- did I mention Molly and Burrich have like five boys? I think I, I don't know how many boys. There's like a, a whole mess of boys, including Nettle Fitz's actual daughter, and they still don't know that Fitz is alive. Um, and I'm sure we'll come back to that later. It seems important. Um, eventually Shade gets Shade gets bored to death by Fitz and leaves, but Fitz is left with the yearning in his heart to get up and do anything other than daily chores. And Night Eyes is annoyed, but also likes cakes. And that is chapter one. I support Night Eyes at all times. <laughs> Just give Night Eyes his cakes and leave it alone. So yes, you know we've got fifteen years of of Fitz living alone in the woods with uh, some some sort of proxy child. Uh, I don't really... I think it's weird that, like, he considers these children he's never met to be his children, but he doesn't... He, he doesn't really, like... I mean, I guess he is, like, half's his boy, and he's trying to, like, provide for his future. But I feel like he's got, like, one foot in too many ponds, you know? Like, only two legs, and there's <laughs> three ponds. Too many ponds. What what is this obsession with um, living a boring life? Because he chose it. He just wants to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, is Fitz just a boring person who interesting things happen to? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly, but he also had a very, like you know, like torture filled, traumatic life up until age twenty, and so I, you, he was doing a bit of boring. Yeah, and he's nervous <laughs> about the paparazzi as well. <laughs> yes, and TMZ finding out all the secrets. And then, like, what, but what would children. happen if TMZ knew all the secrets? Would he be chopped up and burned and scattered? That's true. He's supposed to be dead. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, like, who would lead the charge on that? Really. I, I, yeah. I also think that Fitz is somebody who doesn't have any clue what he actually wants. Um, but Night Eyes does, he does like the settled life. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe has something to do with it. Oh, yeah. Fitz is providing for his companion after asking many, many terrible things of him. I think Fitz has a little bit of an adventure streak in him because as we see later on, he brings it up a couple of times of like, well, maybe we should get back out there. And but as like, but yes. resting in front of the fire with the cake. Yeah. Why? My hips. Not as is like, we have all we need. What is your problem? So yeah, I think a little bit might be, you know, doing for others like night eyes and living a calm lifestyle. But I think he has valid reasons otherwise. There are other what, what places think- in the world that are empty. I wonder why he chose uh, right outside of Forge. It feels almost yeah. like a punishment. I would go back to the Mountain Kingdom. I know I love it there. But he was in but the mountains. Like, but... He was in the mountains. He did hang out there for a like, while. He was in like the, you know... But that's a pretty safe still living, space for him. living alone, you know, as far away from civilization as possible part of the mountains, not like hanging out in the actual mountain kingdom. Yeah. Right, now he's got access to Buckkeep if he feels like he needs to go there for some reason, even though he doesn't. Right. 
I feel like he wants to live close enough to be tempted, but, like, not go there. <laughs> he just puts himself in the perfect wrong spot. Exactly. Like, maybe someone will happen upon me and I will get dragged back into this life that I don't actually want. Maybe but. a train of people that know me will come to my house and try to get me to go, to go back exactly. to adventure. And tell me how cool I am and, and really just gas me up a little because I need it. <laughs> what do we think about the changes in Shade? I was going to say, how much do we trust Shade right now? <laughs> he's thin again. Well, he's not he's living in the walls. He's th- <laughs> no. no, he's out he's and proud. He's on a horse. He a looks his, horse. his skin looks Still less craggy, part. which is good for him. I feel like he's that, moisturizing. Was, that was an insecurity yeah. for him. And I'm glad that he's able to get past it. Got some laser treatment. The boils. He's flirting. The pot man. Up. He's, he's no longer the pot you know, He's man. flourishing. He's got stars on his robes. He's doing great. Yeah, he's just out there. Is he dating, though? Oh, he's definitely dating. I don't know that he's a... Do we think he's really even much of a dater so much Well, he's, a, he's got... He's say, like I don't an know old, dating. Yeah, he's old man dating, you know? He's like, I took her on a date. He goes to the sales like... event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, all those mixers at Buckkeep. He's chilling with some young, some younger women, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's distinguished. You said he's got Patrick Stewart vibes. That's what's you happening. Know. Sugar daddies and such. Yeah, I was. That's right. Shade the silver fox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Silver>. <laughs> Who may or may not poison you? Ooh, live on the edge. It's he's just dangerous enough, like blowfish. He knows all the secret passages in the castle. Oh my god. What did we think of uh, Shade's explosion in the in the fireplace? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Do you know what it makes me think of? Jenny will laugh. He's rusty. It makes me think what? of my rant about Game of Thrones. Of how they never invented a gun or a bomb <laughs> or a cannon in like 5,000 years of history. And here we have a... Because 15... they didn't have Shade. Right. We have a 15 year gap and they go from like swords and arrows to like, I just invented fucking guns, guys. <laughs> he didn't though. He, he had gunpowder and it sucked. He didn't know what to do with it. Well, he's going to figure oh. that out. Come on. He wrote stuff down. He's going to have his apprentice check it out. He has to figure out what was in that flask before though. Yep. This ain't but the last Airbender. They're not. They're not going to have guns in like in the third book. <laughs> no, but like, there's the possibility. Not just like, what if we put fire inside of wood cannons? That'll be a great idea. Yeah, it's a it's a nice subtle way to put in that fact that technology is advancing. It's changing. They have stone dragons. They don't need guns. Okay, real dragons. I mean, a dragon is a gun. <laughs> tell that to the NRA. Wait, can you merge? Can you merge gunpowder with dragons. stone dragons? The dragon is a gun. <laughs> oh, holding guns! Oh my god, that's so cool! Don't give one to Paragon. That's the last thing we need. Paragon, Paragon. An axe in one hand and a freaking hand cannon in the other. Yeah. Too bad the war's over. Shade was on it. All right. Shall we move on to chapter two? Sure. So chapter two is called Starling, and it begins with a little blurb about what Starling has been doing, which I know we couldn't care less about, but I'm going to read it. (laughs) 
Starling Birdsong, minstrel to Queen Ketrican, has inspired as many songs as she has written. Legendary as Queen Ketrican's companion on her quest for elderling aid during the Redship War, she extended her service to the Farseer throne for decades during the rebuilding of the Six Duchies. Gifted with the knack of being at home in any company, she was indispensable to the Queen in the unsettled years that followed the cleansing of Buck. Is this her resume? I was the minstrel <laughs> trusted not only with treaties and settlements between nobles, but with offers of amnesty to rubber bands and smuggler families. She herself made songs of many of these missions, but one can be sure that she had other endeavors carried out in secret for the Farseer reign and far too sensitive to ever become the subject of verse. Except she wrote the song. She just can't play it because she's under NDA. <laughs> yeah. oh I don't know. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> so on to the chapter. Um, it's been two years and Fitz finally got it. The greased skin window he'd been wanting. It's enough to warm Althea the heart. would be so disappointed. <laughs> I could end the summary here and I want to, but alas, there are more horses to meet. <laughs> Hap brings back an absolute star, Clover the Old Pony. Starling's horse gets no description at all in this chapter, so that's a point off your score sheet, Robin Hobb. Fitz wonders about Hap's mood, and when Starling tells him he's a teen, what do you want? Fitz says, I remember being a different kind of teen. And then he goes on a moody for two pages about, Ooh, my presence at court would be too much of an upset to allow myself to be happy, and if only I were selfish and I could see my loved ones again. Um, together, Starling and Fitz eat Fitz's famous burned stew. And while Starling plucks at her heart by the fire, Fitz decides to interrupt a perfectly good minstrel moment by kissing her, and then she kisses back. I don't like it. I liked it better when she was calling him ugly and old at 35. Then she asks him what's up twice to silence, and instead of communicating that she heard his feelings and he's happy to see her, and Chade stopped by and offered him a new life, he just says mm, later, and starts taking her clothes off Kay, I hate it, thank you He's <laughs> <laughs> got no game None at all, no fin- terrible, just don't touch anyone At some point <laughs> don't touch <laughs> They fell asleep and then Fitz wakes up in the middle of the night and everyone's still nude. And is this a one-room cabin, like a studio cabin? And was Hap going to come back and get scarred for, scarred for life? And it turns out maybe and often. Because Fitz wanders outside and Hap asks if he knew Starling is married. I interpret the rest of his narration as just sirens and pots and pans and tire screeches going off in his head. And then thank God for Night Eyes, who says... You're ill? And Fitz says, no, just stupid. Ah, nothing new there. Yeah. (laughs) Quote of the chapter, for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Starling's got a questionably open marriage with a lord, and Hap calls him a cuck, which, easy there, Hap. This is a family book. (laughs) They talk about Springfest, and one night on the road, they were at an inn, and Starling and he witnessed the stoning of a witted woman by the town, and then Hitchcock's The Birds Attacked, and the woman was just (laughs) gone by the end of the chaos. Like every other medieval person with beliefs, the innkeep told Hap, guess she turned into a bird. Also, as an aside, I really enjoy passages in books that include the sentence, quote, everyone was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway, something about the old blood and the witted rising again and getting vengeance. And by the end of the chapter, Fitz is like, guess I'll push everyone away. Starling broke my heart and Hap needs to get a life. Night Eyes is pretty chuffed about that, though. And for a second, he becomes Side Eyes and delivers a cryptic message about change on the horizon. Changer, do you not feel it? And Fitz delivers the mental equivalent of a fart. <laughs> is that all, all all of Fitz's uh, uh, skilling and witting is just fart sounds <laughs> yeah that's what Night Eyes hears <laughs> I mean that'd be a dead you giveaway know, though that people would find the wits real quick I am <laughs> very disappointed and mad at Starling okay Me I need too. to say y'all know that when that bitch first came up, I was like, I don't like her. I don't like her one bit. And then it was like, oh, but you know, you kind of come to like her. And no, she's a stupid bitch and I still fucking hate her. <laughs> I remember her being better than she is. I had a crisis today. <laughs> she is a sexually liberated woman. And y'all be judging. You can be sexually liberated, but that's if you if your partner knows. Like if you're gonna be going and being a trifling hoe and lying behind people's backs. Yeah. <laughs> trifling hoe. <laughs> like, I like how it, it's kind of in this chapter left up in the air and Fitz wonders, Oh, I wonder if that guy knows that all minstrels are trifling hoes. <laughs> right. It's like kind of a common knowledge situation. Like why would you marry a minstrel yeah. unless you want to marry a trifling hoe? Shouldn't have realized. He's like, I didn't marry her. He's like, because she's a trifling hoe. (laughs) Have they solved venereal diseases in the world of the realm of elderly? I don't understand. Does pregnancy count as a venereal disease? Yeah, then we have the wizard word charm. That Starling either has a wizard word charm or all of her partners are like Fitz, lone men in the woods who don't really. Lone. she would be smart like that, though. I, I I gotta give her credit. I feel like she's she's fucking clean men. Oh god. <laughs> Maybe that's I, you got man. it. That, that's it. She's fucking men who don't fuck other people. She's the yeah. She's the common denominator. I you know I there are many things on paper that I like about about Starling. Like she's creative. She's independent. She travels. She's she has some good style. But yeah, this, this, the, the part of her that uses other people, people for her own gratification, and especially without employing them, like, it, it's like, oh, hey, Fitz, do you mind that I'm having sex with other people or that maybe I'm married? If he said he didn't mind, then that's like at least a choice. But like, we've already, we already have seen like two instances of Fitz deliberately making choices for himself, right? Because he never got to make his own choices. And here she is making a choice for him again. I mean, that's never going to go well for a person like Fitz. No. Yeah, today I kind of realized that I don't like Starling. I just like minstrels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are all minstrels like Starling, though? Is she like the quintessential... I don't essential six Dutchies. I don't think minstrel. so. I think that I think that Fitz was being uncharitable to minstrels because he was feeling hurt. I didn't have a problem with it until she I hurt. I didn't think that was necessarily like a strike against minstrels. I just thought because of the nature of like they're always traveling around that they wouldn't have one single companion because they're always in a different place. And it's like there's nothing wrong with being you know, sexual as you travel along and encountering people. Right. But, like, in her case, she a trifling hoe. 
But I think also, like, we, he's, he's been in a relationship, a physical relationship with this woman who, for 15 years, and she's one of the only people in the world who knows him, and he still doesn't even really have an emotional relationship with her. Yeah. It's really just physical and about her when she gets there and about her deeds and, you know, her talking and never really about him. Has Fitz ever had an emotional relationship with a woman besides maybe Ketrickin? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Not really. Who? He fucked. Yeah. He never, he never, it wasn't true fucking, though. What? Oh, you mean with Ketty? <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't, that yeah. wasn't him having oh. relations with her. No, that was her husband. No. Yes. His uncle. It's good. Um, uh, yeah I just I just don't I don't like the fact that she she you know she if this was a reality show Ketrickin's the villain like she Starling you mean yeah I'm sorry Starling yes she sorry uh she uh she you know like she she uses people and she's selfish and self-involved and she looks at things only how they affect her it sucks but many people in Fitz's life are like that. Hope she can at least play a good harp. It just kills her that she can't sing that song. She knows it's a hit. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> true. <laughs> she sings herself to sleep with it. That's why she's so mad about that one minstrel. <laughs> she's like, and he dared to sing about that. And his voice wasn't even good. <laughs> <laughs> he took my phrasings. He had no breath control disgusting. <laughs> Ketrickin didn't even give him a medal at the end. She gave everyone else a medal. That was because he left. But yeah, yes. right? That's that's the... She, she omits the truth. She's a lying trifle. She's a lying trifle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what she said to half is nasty. That's yeah. it. Like she's just mean. Like Fucked. at her core. Like the, that's. More, I think it's okay. more about Starling than it is about Hap, right? Because because you know sure, Starling but... was assaulted by a red ship raider, and so yeah, she she looks at it. But then it's like, but you also took him in, like exactly. Like you can't like hold that against him if you're like, oh, I feel badly for you. Like I'm going to help you because of the position you put been put in that was totally out of your mm-hmm. control and then hold it against them. And she's still you can tell she's still a little bit prejudiced against the wit or at least is like uncomfortable with Oh, he's still yeah. going to be here sharing yeah. the sex with us. She's which She's like, get, fair, get but... that, get your, get the dog out of the bedroom. <laughs> I, I, you get the know dog what? I'm 100 percent on team pets out yeah, of the room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But it's like, it's you can tell she's still got like a bit of a thing about it. Well, because it's not just a dumb animal, right? Like, <laughs> like it's painful. It, it's it, it didn't. <laughs> I'm saying it came across as more than like a like a person linked to you telepathically it was more it was like it's the yeah, it's wit like aspect voyeurism. of it also. Yeah. which i don't know i feel like starling would be into that but maybe not with a wolf <laughs> not like molly, not like molly. Is not eyes not eyes needs to be in the room maybe fitz can leave <laughs> <laughs>
He should just not give her what she wants, and that would be punishment enough. Well, I think d- rejecting her before she can reject him. Honestly, is yeah, exactly. that's, yeah. You can't fire me, I quit. <laughs> you can't fire me, I quit. That was that was what I thought of. <laughs> just okay, like. we gotta move on to chapter three, or we'll never get through everything. Eli, you're up. All right, chapter three partings, or as I like to say, bard drama. So I'm here to cap off the Joey, Alyssa, Eli, triple fool show. Um, And I'm going to start off and just say the the intro because I thought this was like the most interesting part of the whole chapter. Um, The wit is a dirty magic, most often afflicting children of an unclean household. Although the wit is often blamed on having Congress with beasts, there are other sources for this magic. A wise parent will not allow his children to play with puppies or kittens that are at suckle, or permit his offspring to sleep where animals sleep. A child's sleeping mind is most vulnerable to invasion by the dreams of a beast, and hence to taking the tongue of an animal as the language of his heart. Often, this foul magic will afflict generations of a household due to their filthy habits. But it is not unknown for a wit child to suddenly appear in amidst families of the best blood. When this happens, the parents must harden their hearts and do what must be done for the sake of the family's children. They should look, too, amongst their servants to see those whose malice or carelessness is the source of the contagion, and the offender should be dealt with accordingly. So, Thogan's diseases and afflictions. So, they want want you to kill the child, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, anybody else. It doesn't matter how important you are. They want you to kill the child. I mean, there are some very small seeds of truth in all of this garbage, right? Like, we know that young people can be communicated to by dragons, you know, much more easily mm-hmm. than adults. And we know that Fitz, who was clearly bonded too young, didn't speak a lot. Like, we see those seeds, but yeah. This is fucked up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Fitz leaves Hap's camp in the morning to start the cheerful task of breaking up with his super hot celebrity girlfriend, who is in fact already married, something he'd have known if he was already subscribed to Buck Weekly magazine. <laughs> Truly the gentleman, Fitz, simple Fitz makes starling eggs to soften the blow. <laughs> Before she awakens, Fitz contemplates on how seeing each other one day a year probably wasn't the best foundation for a relationship. <laughs> Fitz daydreams about the first time that Starling made her way to his college, near a literal ghost town. Fitz, she exclaimed happily and lunged at him. Hello, I said uncertainly. (laughs) And then, of course, they have crazy bard sex. Fitz further reflects. I loved her, not as a person carefully chosen to share my life, but as a familiar part of my existence. <laughs> no, that's so bad. Love it. Love it. Familiar part of my existence. The breakup goes exactly as you'd expect. Starling is fucking pissed. She goes off on Fitz about how her husband is hot and young and rich and how Fitz could have been somebody, but his life is now pathetic. You get it. The conversation gets more interesting when Fitz suddenly pieces together that Starling took half away so that Shade could visit. He goes overboard and assumes that his old friend wanted to kill him because Fitz is a moron, but at least we're not listening to breakup shit anymore. (laughs) The conversation turns to why Shade would have wanted to visit, and now we're getting to the good part of the chapter. Starling tells Fitz about how tensions with the witted folk have become more heated of late. 
we learn about how crazy Lord Doplin was executing servants left and right because he believed that maybe some of them were witted and conspiring against him. The Piebalds, a group of witted, have been enacting vengeance against mistreatment such as that caused by Lord Doplin. Uh, their name comes from the story of the Piebald Prince, where it is said that a witted man transformed into a piebald stallion to carry off a princess, then transformed back into a man to seduce her. The princess bore him a child who was witted and mo modeled by, like the stallion, and he grew up to be a cruel king who brought ruin upon the kingdom until he was eventually brought down by his cousin and killed in the now famous way to deal with witted ones. He was hung, then cut into pieces, and then burned over water, which is what Regal tried to do to Fitz, or wanted to do to Fitz. Um, he forgot a few steps. So Starling also shared a cool story about Tag, the good guardsman who recognized Verity at the end of the last or the first trilogy, um, and uh, defected away from Regal to go tell everyone about Verity and how he was still alive. Tag had a son who became a bard and is now singing about how Fitz saved the world. At this point, Fitz and Starling remember that they're breaking up and the chapter gets tiresome again. But luckily, the chapter's over. <laughs> I, I like uh, that when Fitz kind of puts that together. He's like, oh, he must have recognized me too. And then he's kind of like, eh, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I've been Wait, living so alone in the woods for 15 years. Not letting anyone say my name. Yeah, but that guy is saying my name all over town and it's fine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> So I don't, re I don't think Regal remembered to do the cutting up part. Well, he didn't get that. He didn't, he didn't get, get there. That part. Yeah, yeah, he wanted Why? to eventually. He just wanted to torture him for a while first. Yeah, when he first died, Patience uh, petitioned them for his body. Yeah, she wanted. and they were like, "Yeah, I, you know, we can cut him up later." Is that is that how it went? I don't. Well, he was royal, so I think that they didn't want to make a big deal out of it. So he gave the body away. But then the second time, he was definitely going to do that. Definitely. Yeah. I learn from your mistakes. But, like, I, I, I think it's funny because it's like Fitz is like, oh, really? What do people's faces look like when they were mentioning me? <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be back in the world. He's just an extrovert stuck in an introvert life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Starling sucks. Okay. <laughs> She's the worst. My husband is hot and young and rich, and even though he's not famous and didn't save the world like you, didn't inspire any of my best songs that I can't play. I did. I will say this. I did feel a little bit bad for Fitz when he was, like, assuming the guy was old, and she's like, oh, you think he's old? That's some young pee I got for me. Yeah. <laughs> 24. Yeah. 24. Let him think he's How old. Is she? fine. She's, like, his age-ish. And then yeah. she's also infertile. So, I mean, which she always considered to be, like, a pretty big strike against her. And now she's like, yeah, I got a hot piece of young ass. And and it's like, wow, she Just, really must be dazzling, like, you know, in court to attract someone like that. Rich and young. I Rich and young. I think he just fell in love with her, and that was that. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't question his options. Well, that's what I mean. I'm saying that she she's charming when she wants to be. Yeah, when she's lying. When she's lying. She <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, does he know she can't have kids? Does she, Does he know she's fucking a ton of other men? <laughs> no, absolutely. Not. Including a recluse and forge. Including a Who's guy who could probably dead? take the throne if he really wanted it. 
That's that's a point for Starling, in my opinion. <laughs> I have to say, I really loved the punishment that Lord Doplin got. So he was just executing people left and right because he was terrified of the wit. And then they were like, okay, well then you get nothing. You don't get to have any animals anywhere near you. And you're not allowed to eat them. You're not allowed to ride them. They're not allowed to help no you. No parties. Like, you get absolutely... No one wants to come yeah, to your house. Now you yeah, suck it's pretty everybody elegant. Everybody hates you. He's living a vegan life. I also love <laughs> that... <laughs> He's living a vegan life. It's miserable. <laughs> I also love that, uh, that Fitz definitely thought he knew what the Chade was going to go kill the guy. And he, Fitz was definitely thinking the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he th- would have thought of that cool solution. Stop it. Uh-huh. Kitty could cuz. <laughs> well, we are weeted. We are weeted. Listen to me. Yeah. Come sit up here with us. Come She's cuddle. She's just making direct eye contact and yodeling. <laughs> there are cats in this book. So as a result of all that shit that happened with Lord Doplin, though, now we have the piebalds who are pissed as all hell and are retaliating. Yeah, and we have a queen who is very sympathetic to their cause. Yeah, because she's got the whip, but she can't be telling people about that. Keep it on lockdown. So there's, you know, it seems like there's a situation, uh, you know, starting to brew. I wonder if she's developed this... more wit since time has since like we last saw her, or if she's still just kind of got like baby wit power. Yeah, I wonder who's who's she gonna be witted to? I don't know. Maybe she got a pet cat. It's Slink. It's Slink. No, it's our Slink. It's a uh, snip small snip. Ferret. Yeah, small ferret. Yes, small ferret. Snip snip. Let's move on to chapter four. Oh, my chapter. Hello. Chapter four, The Hedge Witch. And I would just like to point out that I'm highly irritated that in this Kindle edition of this book, the chapters are listed in Roman numerals, both in the table of contents and on the chapter pages. They don't do that in the other trilogy. They're normal numbers. I don't like it either. I don't understand. (laughs) Which It's just, I don't like the inconsistencies. That's my point. I have nothing against Roman numerals. I can read them. I do. I just don't like the inconsistencies throughout the books. Some of them didn't have page numbers. Now we're back to page numbers, but we have Roman numerals. Like, whatever. Anyways. The chapter opens with a nice little blurb about a hedge witch named Silva Copperleaf. And I totally love her name. And I think she's awesome. And I love her straight out the gate. And basically, it kind of talks about how she had some mad magic skills. And she made a farseer a sieve to filter out poisons from water. And she also made the town of, help me out, y'all, because how the fuck do you say Ecclesy? It's E K audiobook E K L S E. I do not recall. Well, wait, where she's? I can look it up, but I'd have to go. Okay, but she made um, she made this town a charm to protect them from pestilence, and so it hung at the gate of their town, and it kept them safe from bugs and death and all sorts of things. And then these assholes were like, "Hey, we need to make a second entrance," and then. They let in all of the evil things that she had protected against, and they all died from the blood plague. Death to them all. So that's just a reminder that magic has loopholes, and you have to pay attention to the rules very closely. So, 
It's high summer and Hap and Fitz are just working on the farm like they do. And Hap mentions that he wants to go to an Ivy League apprenticeship with a cabinet maker. And Fitz, like so many parents, is like, fuck, we cannot afford that. So he asks Robin Hobb, what were you doing at this point in right? time? Right. So he asks <laughs> preparing her child for <laughs> He asks Hap to aim lower and to maybe go to a local liberal arts school instead. And Fitz is a smidge guilty thinking about he's feeling guilty thinking about Hap living like a normal human life and having a job that he hates and being miserable and underpaid and undervalued. <laughs> Welcome to adulting. But honestly, Hap should have guessed that Fitz wasn't really rolling in the money and wasn't a good saver, and he should have applied for some grants like the rest of us. But anyways, they decide to sell some stuff at the Facebook marketplace, so they pack up all their wares <laughs> and a chicken or two, and they trudge on out. So, so you go to communi- community college. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, even that, that would have been great. So enter Jenna. Ooh, witchy woman. I love her. I really hope that I'm not wrong about her. She doesn't turn out to be some evil witch, but Fitz um, thinks she's pretty. And But he was surprised to see that she was, quote-unquote, older like him and had a round and pleasant figure, which means Fitz totally likes some thick girls. And she gets up her... She sets up all of her cool charms and everything next to them, and they're just kind of, like, hanging at the market together, and Hap and Jenna are totally, like, gossiping about the Haps. The happenings, not... Hap referring to himself in the third person. <laughs> then Hap the person, like a true child, tricks Fitz into agreeing to a slumber party the next time Jenna's in their neck of the woods. Um, Fitz observes Jenna and notices that she's not like some circus style bamboo- bamboozling kind of witch. She seems legit and she seems nice and so they're just all doing their thing and then all of a sudden neighbor Baylor pulls up and this guy is a fucking turd and he squeezes his cart into a space that wasn't really even big enough for him and he's got all these suffering pigs in the back seat and Fitz is feeling very bad about it because he can feel all their feelings and then he has the gall to accuse him of stealing his missing pigs because there's these pigs that are missing what the fuck ever so Fitz is cool and then this guy keeps poking him and keeps saying like accusing him so finally Fitz stands up and he balls up his fists and Baylor gets the message that it's either shut up or get ready for a beatdown. And then he kind of backs off and he's like, oh, I just, you know, I was just trying to be helpful to say like, hey, watch out for your stuff. But then to help kind of diffuse the situation that the entire market was witnessing, everyone starts talking about missing animals and they start blaming wit folk. And it's just kind of turns into like a general wit bashing situation, which is unfortunate and very awkward. Finally, Baylor leaves for the day and Jenna tells um, Fitz slash Tom, um, that he's really fucking scary when he scowls. So I've, I feel like <laughs> Rachel and I may have heard that before. <laughs> Not the first time Fitz has heard that in his Yeah, life. right. So the market turns out to be a bit of a bust because they mostly just traded goods and didn't actually get much coin. Jenna heads home, as do happen Fitz. Hap asks Fitz if he was, um, on their, like, stroll together home. He asks if he was a red ship bastard. Which is what Starling told him he was. That stupid fucking bitch. She sucks. Um, Hap says that he'd kind of like to know like where he came from. His family. His father. And Fitz is kind of like, oh, maybe don't. And um, (laughs) 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 And he says to him, it doesn't matter who a man's father is. Your parents made a child, but it's up to you to make the man you'll be. Wanna be an assassin? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Night Eyes doesn't understand why Hap even has to go to college when he could just live in the wild with them as a pack. And Fitz says that in human pack, it's just the way that it is. 
it's eventually decided that he's Hap is going to go um, hire himself out for harvesting. And so he leaves on his journey and lonely boy is lonely boy once again, until some time passes. I don't really remember how much cause I didn't read closely, but guess who <laughs> cashes in on the slumber party invite it's Jenna. She toddles into camp and they play house and they cook food and they hang out. And Fitz is like, actually, she's kind of not annoying and I really like her company. And um, before she leaves the next day, she's like, well, let me give you thanks. Like, uh, how about you pick out a charm? And so she's got all her little charmy charms and she pulls out one and it's got fur and shit all over it. And then all of a sudden everybody freaks out. Both Nadez and Fitz are like, oh my God. And the witch <laughs> realizes that she has outed Fitz's wit power. And, but she's like, yo, I'm cool. Like, I'm not one of them haters. Everything's fine here. And she offers him a garden charm instead. And she does a palm reading for Fitz to make sure that she, like, does the juju on the charm. And she says that he has the hands of two different people and that his love line shows someone coming in and out of his life. Hmm. And she also says that there's a black shadow over his lifeline. And we're all like, no shit, bitch. So she does some other woo-woo shit, hangs a charm, tells Vitz he won't always be lonely, and she pieces out. Who could it be? <laughs> Wait, Ashley, who is it? The person coming in and out of his love life? Yes. Well, we'll wait until anyone. chapter five to find out. I think that was a dishonest read. I think she was saying it was her. No. No, no not, not she's like all. I'm about to come in and I out. Think... I'm about to come in and fucking out of your love life. Well, I think that. I mean, I read it as. I mean, if she's got the lifeline, she knows like chronologically. There, more or less. Uh, it seems to me that she can right? see that there has already been. This person has already yeah, been in I'm and saying. out of his life. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. She, she, that's where she made a mistake. If she was trying to get in there, <laughs> <laughs> she would have said, "Oh, look at my face." You could have changed that reading yeah. a little bit. I see the cracks in your hands. You did have, have this Jenna. old love, but it's dead. And if you look on your other palm, it's me, are, and it's widening in so and out of your life. Oops, my mouth no just control. fell on your mouth. I have no control. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, teacher. All you gotta do to get Fitz is kiss him, and then he's like, whoa, this is way warmer than my cold ass. Oh my god, then he would have been like, we're married, what am I gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) She held his hand, and he was like, are we supposed to be together forever? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he didn't say that he and Starling were married. That wasn't love. That wasn't love. (laughs) He knew he could never have her. Yeah. Um, But a hedge witch. The hedge witch is cool because we've seen we've seen this type of we've seen this type of magic before uh, when Shade was scrying. Mm, Yeah, he was what? He was scrying. Do you remember that? No, scrying. Yeah, dangled in a bowl of water. Sobbing into a bowl of water. S C R Y scry S C R Y E scry scrying no into e. water. Yes, that's where you look into water and you like see shit. It's Galadriel like a crystal ball. Mm. Yeah, 
Yes, thank you. Galadriel with the with the things that are, things that were. Uh, it's to foretell <laughs> the future using a crystal ball or other reflective object or surface. Her magic is real, obviously, because Fitz and Night Eyes reacted to her charm. Her charm's in more ways than one. I really like this head twitch stuff because it feels like, I mean... Robin Hobb is like a little garden witch herself, let's be real. Yeah. Right. And it feels like a yeah. nod to these women who actually existed and were, like, hanged for this stuff, but there is a worse enemy, quote-unquote, to society in this universe, and it's witted folks, so they're the people getting stoned and tortured, and it's, like, a nice little, oh, in this world, these hedge witches and independent women are accepted, and that's why I also like the direction that this chapter went in, and it was, like, they're allowed to be friends, and even though Fitz has a gross moment, I guess, they don't end up doing the do together, and it's, like, they part ways, and it was a nice little exchange of magics, and he gives credit to her magic in a very nice way. And she's gonna come Sounds back. Like a tender first date. <laughs> most importantly, she's gonna come back. Right. If she comes back and it's not with a bunch of cops, then she's proven she can be trusted. Right. Right. Let's get into the shit. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. I might cry a little. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll <stop> together. <sighs> okay. Chapter five is called The Tawny Man. The intro to this chapter reminds us that witted people are now oppressed, but didn't used to be, and that it's the piebald prince's fault. But I would argue that this is a red herring, and the real intro to this chapter was the end of the last chapter, okay? <laughs> also, I think the intro to this chapter was uh, that, that that part a few episodes back where I, a human with a master's degree in old-ass European art, densely said, is three an important number in fiction, do you think? Like a trinity? <laughs> <laughs> so Fitz spends the summer working in his garden, getting sweaty and shirtless. No, wait, back. Fitz spends the summer working in his garden and his evenings hunting with night eyes. And it's almost like the not old Fitz. And he's kind of into it. Even the parts where he longs to skill. For connection, for his friends, his old life. For a man that journals constantly, he's hilariously disconnected from himself. <laughs> Night Eyes is doing his best to help Fitz live in the moment, to not doom scroll Twitter for the latest 15 <laughs> catastrophes he can't do anything about. But Night Eyes is getting older, and Fitz is a melancholy hottie, and it's just his way. It's almost overwhelming how depressed he is in this life, how stuck he is in this unchanging summer, in this idyllic cottage core existence, just waiting for anything to happen. <laughs> So one day, while realizing that Night Eyes might be getting real old, and Night Eyes doesn't want to talk about it, a visitor appears. Not Hap. Not the howling bitch. Night Eyes knows what's up and never fucking liked her anyways. No. It's better, y'all. Cue the music. Gird your feels. Trotting up the lane on the finest of horse flesh in the trendiest tack. Clap, clap. Right back into your life. Your heart. It's the fool. And he's different. He's still wearing black and white. Was this so your friend would recognize her, you silly fool? But instead of the pale skin, he's been to Jersey. He's a man now. Jersey. He's got that Fenty shine. <laughs> Quote. The tawny man approached silently, save for the rhythmic striking of his horse's hooves. When he drew near, he reined in his beast with a touch and sat looking down on me with amber eyes. He smiled. 
and something turned over in my heart. Something turned over in my heart too. If you <laughs> if amber eyes flipped yep. like a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Cook me on the other side, baby. If you haven't read or listened to this chapter in a while, I really think that you should stop and go do that because the tension of Fitz's life, his uncertainty, the raw anxiety of poking the wound that all the prior characters reappearing caused is not present here. Instead, it's relief. Fitz oh is not standoffish. He's open. He's happy. <laughs> Night Eyes is bounding. The fool literally falls into Fitz's arms from horseback and Night Eyes is frolicking like a puppy and the sun is shining and Malta the horse is prancing and Woo! I <laughs> to find a more romantic or emotional scene of reunion, it is like a damn pre-Raphaelite painting. Oh, fool. I choked. It cannot be you, yet it is. And I do not care how. Oh, I mean, the how is a little obvious since the love weaving in and out of your life just rode up on the Ferrari of horses looking fine as hell, but I digress. <laughs> it spends a lot of the chapter noticing things about the fool. His grace, his physicality, his expressions, the brandy on his breath, his hands, and just barely being able to speak for all the emotions stuck in his throat. And honestly, sometimes I have to take breaks when I read this chapter because it is very overwhelmingly emotional and needy and it is good. It is so good. Robin Hobb, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I've gone four paragraphs in. What else happens? Condense. Uh, the fool reminds Fitz that there's still skill connected via the marks that the fool's fingers left on his wrist. And then Fitz rides Malta for fun, which is exactly what horsey people do. And that's great. <laughs> that <laughs> Afterwards, they go inside the cabin and the fool starts cooking like he lives there. And Night Eyes says, we are whole. And I have to take another break. Everyone take they play a house for a while. The fool occupies Fitz's space easily, comfortably. Fitz doesn't have any of his side-eye what-are-they-doing thoughts. It's a great callback to when Fitz went into the fool's space at Buckkeep Castle, uninvited, and when Fitz took over the fool's mountain hut when he was injured, like, turned about his fair play, and you like it this way, Fitz. The fool apologizes for returning to muck up Fitz's life, but Fitz obviously prefers it, so it's really, really fine. Like, what do you need of me? Give me a purpose. Yes, this is absolutely not how he acted with Shade or Starling. Talk begins to touch the politics that Fitz has tried to run from and other facts of life, like Night Eyes is getting old again. The skill comes up again, but Fitz tells the fool, you know, don't renew my bond. It would tempt me too much. There's some Bingtown coffee for those readers who didn't catch that Amber or Malta references so far. And we learn (laughs) that Fitz dreamed of the fool once, that someone was trying to hurt the fool and Fitz wit repelled them. So fuck you, Lavoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened? Okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) After the coffee comes the apricot brandy. Fitz and the fool touch on topics and space is comfortably again. Even Starling, after catch up. Falling asleep in the aforementioned one-and-a-half-room cabin, staring at each other from across the room in the firelight, Fitz says, Fool, you're not the fool anymore. What do they call you? What do you want me to call you? What's your real name? Says the man without a real name, only the label given to him, to the other man without a real name, only the label given to him. And if I tell you, would you call me by that name, says the fool? And Fitz says, in private only, which is so Fitz. (laughs) And the fool says, beloved. And this is a bit too much, even for drunk Fitz, who is embarrassed by what all this implies, especially when the fool sees the reluctance and decides to name Fitz beloved instead. And Fitz doubles down and reminds the fool that he has a new label. It's Tom Badgerlock. 
And this kind of breaks my heart because the fool flipped a script because he knew he wouldn't get the response. So I cry a little more and they go to sleep. It was really good. Mm. Yeah, it really was. I'm glad you kept this chapter instead of six because I think you would, I would not have done this <laughs> we should also note that this is the first time that i grasped what um the rachel's shirt jenny's design <laughs> beloved actually was about yeah. <laughs> i have it on today and he i came out of the room and he looked at me and he goes oh that's what beloved means <laughs> oh. he didn't just walk up to it. you and caress your face and call you beloved <laughs> and put and put our and put our foreheads together and breathe in each other's air and think about how nothing is real except for them. Disgusting. Oh guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the hug off the horse. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like it's so much. And how he presses the earring, his earring into his neck and he can feel it. <laughs> it's very sensual. High romance, so tactile. Yes, there's so much of, like, touching and feeling. Oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, I want new readers' opinions before I go off. I love, I mean, I loved it. I kept, you kept saying, like, chapter six, we want to live in chapter six forever. For me, I felt that way about chapter five. Because, like, chapter that moment where they get to, like, see each other and I it was it was like such a sense of relief of like we've seen all these old characters come in and we're all like yeah fuck you fuck you fuck you and then this one we knew was just like <laughs> nothing but goodness could come from it it's like the fool is clearly his favorite person yeah I don't think I, I don't think that I think that he is not whole without the fool the three of them, yeah. I feel like it's a triumvirate for sure, and they... Yeah. It's... A missing piece. Yeah. He's an anxious... He's just like an anxiety ball, and then, you know, Night Eyes is like the practical part of himself that's just like, you know, eat, sleep, you know, do stuff. And I appreciated... I loved getting back into the, like, the Riddler version of the Fool, as opposed to, like... Amber was always just kind of cryptic. She wasn't as much of like the play on words and all of that, but it was really it was really refreshing to have that dialogue in this chapter. Well, so. Amber was in pain too, right? Amber was was incomplete. Yeah. The only thing that I dislike about this chapter is that it was so incredibly good and it happened so early on <laughs> and I know everything's going to go to hell and I'm nervous. What gave you that well, impression? Well, see, this is why I said I I want to live in chapter six because that's where it like if you just stop there, yeah. <laughs> like this is life within. Like we're yeah. just gonna relive this Groundhog Day forever and ever, and it's like, yeah, we'll take this as our Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's what fits. My favorite, uh, my favorite little bit in this was when uh, so they're both drunk and. Fitz stumbles a little bit and the fool catches him and Fitz responds, shall we dance? Every line is in this chapter. Yeah. Let me find it. When he spoke, his voice was low, his words emotionless. Have you no greeting for me, Fitz? He glowed as if a light had been kindled in him. Oh, that's it. I mean, this is the most heartfelt stuff in any of the books so far. 
by far. Yeah. Well, like, and it feels very safe too. It's one of the safest moments I think that we've had. Yeah. They feel safe. It's both very I was vulnerable mowing and grass. Mowing grass. <laughs> and with the line about uh, Fitz was like, oh, his breath smells like mm-hmm. brandy, apricot brandy. Did he fortify himself for this meeting? And I, I just started tearing up. He was close enough to smell. He did. I was he mowing did. grass. <laughs> it gets confirmed, doesn't it? Because he pulls it out. Yeah, yeah, it's like a quarter gone already. And he brought multiple bottles. Yeah, he brought backup. <laughs> and coffee. Multiple bottles for chapter six. You know, I think it gives also gives you a peek, in, especially if you haven't read Live Ship up until this point, it gives you a peek into the Fool that you haven't really seen. Like, we've gotten, like, little glimpses that, like, the Fool is not as confident as, like, his wit can make him seem, you know? And this mm-hmm. is, like, his, this is his most vulnerable. Like, he's changed, but the same. He's riding up uninvited, and, like, he doesn't know if he'll be welcomed or not, and... But, you know, but Fitz is just so happy to see him. And so there, I think Ashley's right. It's the safest chapter and it's also the most vulnerable. And that's why it's so good. We talked about the fact that he names the horse most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on at length. Oh, man. I think it's also interesting because doesn't Amber get deformed by serpent blat and like that's not what Fitz notices at all and I like to think that the skin marring is still there but Fitz is like you haven't changed at all well there is like there are several passages where he's like wow you haven't aged at all you have no lines on your face you're still just as Mm. beautiful as you always were and he's like oh I'm older than you and night eyes put together you know it's like we get more and more crumbs of like what his life has included uh but i do like the idea that maybe there are there is some scarring and just fitz can't see it because he glows too bright (laughs) we can blow we can blow right by this business about lavoy i so there was a scene joey in the live ship books there was a kind of like a bad pirate that they that they had hired um who didn't who just for many reasons was not nice to amber and and amber being one of the few Mm -hmm. female like members of the crew and althea was like asked to leave and she was with amber and lavoie and she didn't want to leave them alone because she really felt like lavoie's gonna try something bad um and then when she's meeting with the captain lavoie comes in and says someone go check on amber and when they go to check on her she's she's clearly been hit uh, but she was, but like, she's like, oh, well, you know, I guess it never, it didn't go farther than that. And now we know it's because Fitz wit repelled him away. Soulmates. And How much of that was planned? Do you think? Was that all save. planned? Yeah, I think that's clearly planned. Oh, genius. So, yeah, I love this chapter and it's almost insane that this, this happens Book seven. <laughs> <laughs> you feel cheated or something? No, it's just like 
Slow burn. It's very slow burn. And if slow burn is like your thing, like this is yep. it. Like free Robin Hobb. <laughs> slow burn is not my thing. So this it like hurts extra extra hard. <laughs> I don't know that it's my thing, but I think I appreciate it more when it is a slow burn. Ooh, especially if it's done well. Emotional tantric intercourse. Oh god. Oh, god. Joey is on some <laughs> sexual things yeah, today. Jeez. <laughs> I said I said emotional intercourse. It, I didn't say, did sexual. say sexual. You said, you said tantric. You said emotional. <laughs> That's the key word you left out there, Joey. <laughs> For our listeners, I do have a rival podcast, Just Barn Animal Noises. <laughs> All right. Joey's back. Joey. <laughs> I just, um, I just also want, I want to like set the scene again. All of the best fan art is of the of chapter of chapter five and six. Uh, the it's pool, true, the, uh, and and fits and night eyes. Just so out now I'm a, I'm officially allowed to look at fan art now. Ah uh, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely do not check out perplexingly yes. on tumblr.com. But definitely do okay. if you have not and are a spoiled reader. <laughs> spoiled. Um, I'll send you some choice ones, Ashley, so that you can get a taste. But you're going to yeah, get spoiled see. on other shit if you go into the beloved tag. So please don't. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. I will post my chapter six. Yes. It's just like, you know, it's just like you're, yeah. it's just funny to me that like, you know, I mean, Hap is out. So like they're alone together, but it's like, it becomes this oasis. It doesn't be, there is no tension of like, is Hap outside? Are they unhappy? Like what, what's going to happen? It's just like, oh no, it's. it's oh, not- I do want to say one thing though, back to the whole thing where like Starling came for the booty calls and everything. I think it's really funny that the the way that the house is described as being set up is Fitz has a bedroom. There's a nook where uh, Hap sleeps, but that he built an office. <laughs> he has an office for his inks oh, and yeah, his paper true. rolls, but he's like, no, you sleep in the dog bed over in the corner. <laughs> and I'm going to have sex wherever I feel like it, where there's, <laughs> but you could be in this separate room with a door. All right. Are we good on chapter? Should we move on to, to continue? Should we continue this, this bliss? Go blood God, angel. Yes. To say chapter six, the quiet years continues our domestic bliss dream that should never end. Um, so in the intro, Fitz gives a tiny little summary of the first trilogy and then goes on to discuss his quest for the truth and how the truth can change over time depending on perspective and new details. And basically, again, how he fails at writing history, which is his usual MO. Um, so we see the fool fit seamlessly into their lives, almost like he's meant to be there. It says, he dropped effortlessly into my life, filling a place I had not perceived was vacant. Mm. Um, so the fool makes Fitz optimistic again, which considering how he started this trilogy, it seems like a feat. Um, so that's nice. So they spend a lot of time working alongside each other and taking turns on Malta, which sounds terrible until you remember she's a horse. Um, they're taking uh, cliffside walks together and they're hunting with night eyes and they're having cozy fireside brandy-filled chats. And the fool also spends some time reading through Fitz's journals, but keeps their secrets. So, 
I just like that, you know, he wakes up early every morning and then goes and, like, peruses Fitz's journals, and then, like, Fitz wakes up and, like, looks out and the fool just, like, raises an eyebrow and he's like, yep, I'm reading about your life again, but then, like, they don't talk about it. Um, and then, uh, so he talks about how one evening, as they're laying in front of the fire, um, their conversation turns more serious, and the fool talks about how difficult it was for him to leave Fitz behind and that he had to have faith in himself that he had set the wheels in motion properly and that Fitz would live. And when Fitz questions if he had faith in him, the fool said he was glad to know that he had the wolf by his side, which is fair, totally fair, and Night Eyes agrees that he's also the brains of the operation. Um, <laughs> the fool had hoped that this would be a period of quiet for Fitz and that he might find peace. And Fitz tells him that he did a bit at a time and talks about his time in the mountains after the dragons left. And he talks about a morning in the mountains when he and Night Eyes were returning from a hunt when he came to the realization that the place he had made for himself was home now and that he could leave those old hurts from his old life behind. Or at least, like, you know, momentarily, because Fitz is never very good at that. Um, and then he explains that he didn't go straight back to Buck, but instead retraced his steps and went back to the quarry and stared at Carrot's de- dead <laughs> bones for Carrot's a while. Body. Which idiot. <laughs> Great. Um, And I feel like this is going against that piece that he just mentioned, but you do you, Fitz. Um, He also went back to where the dragon slept, seeking Verity, only to find him truly gone. But Girl and the Dragon was sleeping peacefully. And all this made him realize that his old life was well and truly gone, and that he alone would make his own decisions. Again, thank God for the wolf, which Night Eyes points out. Because Night Eyes is like, almost, you almost make your own decisions. (laughs) Because speaking of Night Eyes, he also managed to stop Fitz from going back to the Elderling City through the stone, so good boy Night Eyes. Um, and Fitz debates whether or not to tell the Fool about his deepening bond with the wolf and all that he had learned from his time with the Old Blood. But the Fool is so in tune with him that he picks up on his hesitation and tells him to wait. And then he goes to retrieve something from his pack, and Fitz is really dumb because he thinks he's just showing him the fancy cloth it's wrapped in, but then he reveals the rooster crown and offers it to Fitz, which Fitz realizes this, like, monumental, like, gesture that he's handing this over. So Fitz tells him to try it on, and there's a moment of apprehension before he places it on his head, and they're like, well, this could be a very bad idea, but then nothing happens. And so they dissolve into laughter, and Fitz suggests they place feathers in the crown later, and the fool says he might borrow some of his inks to redo the colors. And then I like this passage, because they get caught in sort of a staring contest, longing look. I looked at him for a long moment. In this light, I could pretend his coloring had not changed, that he was still the white-skinned gesture of my boyhood, and hence I was still as young as he was. He glanced over at me, caught my eyes on him, and stared back at me, a strange avidity in his face. His look was so intense, I glanced aside from him. Pause for Rachel to cry if she wants to. Um... And so then we, the fool breaks the moment asking, by asking where Fitz went after the mountains, but they both agreed that they drank too much brandy and should head to bed, but that eventually Fitz, the fool wants the whole tale because he never knows what he will need until he's heard it. Um, I just like their parting conversation because Fitz is like, care to dance? And the fool replies with, we already do, and then says, dream of me. Mm. And the fool says that he will keep watch while Fitz sleeps. So the moral of the story is that the fool makes Fitz's life better, and they should stay in this domestic bliss forever at the end. Oh. Yeah, that was the end of the book. Was I beautiful. know, we're done. This is it. Thank you Good for reading Realm of the Elderlings with us. Oh. It's, you know, it's really, uh, it ends on this great positive note. 
Uh, <laughs> what a great short story. <laughs> really great. I'm glad it's, it's over. It's over. Yeah. You know, like, Jenna teened up with the whole coming in and out of your life, and here he's coming yes. back, and now he's going to stay. You know? No, Jenny. It's all going to go to hell. I really love the quote you pulled. He dropped effortlessly into my life, filling a place that I had not perceived was vacant. And it reminds me of in Peter S. Spiegel's The Last Unicorn, one of my favorite books. The a main theme is finding real magic, and the magician finds himself discovering this like true, like pure power and magic. And he says, "I did not know I was so empty to feel so full." And it reminds me of that, like, the fool is the magic and fits his life. So nice. I think... <laughs> I'm sitting here, like, fucking crying. There's... <laughs> I think that there's something really just... It's just... It, like, hurts me a little bit inside because, like, the way that they complete each other and the comfort that they have in each other and the way that they don't... That they don't... At least in this moment, that they don't judge each other and they're just so happy to, like, just, like it's that's love that's true love whether or not that's platonic or romantic or whatever like when you're around people that just make you better and and the world is brighter just because you're just with them you know and you can just be entertained by staring at their face i just it's it really to me it's very romantic but i think there's also something to be said for this idea that they are just these bonded you know bonded Gay. either way they're soulmates yes. bonded, i mean yes <laughs> bonded dear friends that could also make out once more. yeah i mean <laughs> wouldn't hate it it transcends sexuality i just, I just love it i, I don't love... even need them to have like sex i just need them to make out a little bit just making out they is the best kiss once <laughs> making out is fine <laughs> Kissing is rather boring, but you know. Joey, Joey's, Joey's beyond the Joey making out. Settling. <laughs> I want him to hold hands. Ashley wants. I want him just spoon or cuddle. First or like off, first off, cuddle. They were laying on the scene. floor together on a half bed. Yes, let us describe okay. the scene, please. First off. <laughs> First off, the three of them are laying together. Retrieve the documentation and read it to the back to the court for me. Please. The official <laughs> If you will, I need to read it. I would like to know. They are laying down on the ground in front of the fire, right? They're both like on their yeah. bellies, like with legs kicking in the air. Down half and, and then, and then, then ultimate wingman that Night Eyes is, he gets up and says, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over here. And he like goes over there. And then they just have this like, cute little like i mean it's kind of cuddling there's like one on each side it's got fits in the middle <laughs> night eyes to the left the fool to the right and it's like a whole like it's like a whole Stuck in the middle <laughs> soulmate sandwich yeah it's like little buns from the oven little separating buns <laughs> little pull pull away buns their feet are up in the air they're just like wagging a little bit yeah, yeah. they're staring at each other's eyes drinking brandy and the fire even though it's summer come on <laughs> I looked up apricot brandy while we were uh, recording this, and it yeah. seems like a lot of it is kind of like cheapy flavored shit to like put into other things. So I might just have to buy some good brandy and put some dried apricots mm. in it. Stuff your grandma would drink. I see. Yeah. yeah. Can can you? Brandy is a distillate of wine, is it not? 
I just know it. So, oh, oh, that that if you great. if you had no, I put it in my sangria. <laughs> sangria. Yeah, that's the only reason Brandy I have brandy is a dessert. Is to put it in Why? my sangria. Every episode prompts brought back some old favorites for those people who've missed these sections. Friends in high places, character introductions and exits. Uh, first up is hello, proxy child Hap. Are you safe? I. I uh... <laughs> I mean, for now, but I don't know how safe he will be if things start to get out there. He's like he's like a homeschooled child. Did he raise himself? Do you think just a little bit? <laughs> mm, yeah. I don't. Maybe I don't know. Like who made I his dinner every night? You think it was him? I think they shared the duty. <laughs> <laughs> Cast iron shared duties. Was he instilled with good laundry habits? Nobody, oh, nobody not. in this entire series has good laundry habits. They all wander around the world for months on end. This fucking the fool never stretched smiles. out leggings. Nasty. The legging, the visualizations that I have from this book are traumatizing. <laughs> Where they have like the oh. knees are all poochy and stretched out, the groins hanging down to their knees, and it's just like, what's going oh. on with this? Stretched oh, out leggings God. everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> So Hap's definitely uh, looking like a first-generation college student. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Ramen noodle. I I love the description that uh, Fitz had where he was like, yeah, I'm coming home from a long hunt. Do I want to carry the water up to to wash? Or is it just, you know, should I just lay down and die because I'm so old? (laughs) (laughs) Well, even when Starling got there, she was like, you fucking go take a bath and did he no there was no record of him going to bathe and then they boned she boned just smelling she didn't, want, she didn't want him to shower okay Ew, I, I hope he bathed she before specifically the requested that he shower yeah actually. I hope the fool didn't get she said it yes but then I feel like he did I feel like what? he like went out to the barrel and also there was also mentioned or maybe <laughs> yeah um Okay, uh, our methy friend, Chad, he is now the Queen's advisor. How do we feel about that? You know, climbing that Pretty ladder. Good. He's thriving. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's like a new, it's technically uh, a new, it's a new phase uh, of his life. We also saw a new side of Starling. We're calling her the howling bitch. And Night Eyes never fucking liked her anyway, so get the fuck out. Uh, nor did I. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a friend who doesn't say anything, you know? Except that, like, Fitz was like, oh, God, Night Eyes never did like her, and I just never listened. <laughs> but Night Eyes, is, Night Eyes is a good friend, because I've definitely had the friends and dated bitch. people that I disliked, and you don't hold that against them. You're just like, you know what, I'll still participate, but I don't like them. Yeah. And, well, even he was telling the fool about it, and he was like, it sounds like Starling. <laughs> like... <laughs> Everybody know she's a trifle. I will home. admit that I did like her for the chapters when she was helping him get the smugglers so they could get across Blue Lake. In the beginning, she was fine, and then yeah. like once they slept together, then it was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduction to Jenna, Jenna the Hedge Witch. I, let the record show Rachel has a Jenna bias, and we know that because in our notes section, <gasps> it just says Jenna is here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what do you want me to say? I She's trying to be neutral. Being neutral. You at should, least it doesn't, say, at least it doesn't say Jenna is beard. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna is beard. 
and I will not accept other theories. <laughs> I, like I said, I hope I'm not um, super let down by Jenna, but so far, me likey. All right. Uh, Malta, the maybe. I'm in for a letdown. I'm going to draw hard. (laughs) She's like, okay, moving on. (laughs) I have no opinions about Jenna. Um, Next up is Malta, the horse from Shokes, who I think might be a Chalcedian breed, but that's just my feeling because she's I would (laughs) dispute this because just for the fact that Shokes is its own duchy. Okay, okay. From Shokes, the desert duchy. Which makes me think she may be uh, some sort of proxy Arabian type. Arabian. Perfect horse. Just With that little nose hump. Oh, Joey, you learned stuff. Yeah, man. Gotta know them horses to be in the Rachel Club. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It seems like she has nice free action below below the knee and that she's energetic. She's got a lot of impulse. I think that she... But no dragon press. Yeah. How I, healthy is her coat? I think her coat is real is healthy. This is, this is this is your sub-podcast with Alyssa. <laughs> Can we, though? That's what's happening right now. Horses of relevance. <laughs> How would Birch yeah. describe this horse? How would Birch describe her coat? I think he would Don't describe worry, it as shiny and clean. I have quotes clean. ready for later. His, her coat gleams like my wife's. <laughs> instead, of, instead of spoiler section, we're going to have horse talk with Rachel Horse Alyssa. talk. <laughs> and uh, our, our last introduction is uh, of Beloved. We finally get the fool's real name. Uh, that is some stress. That's some, that's some energy to be like, I'm going to name my kid Beloved. It's energy. Good. And I just got Ashley. <laughs> that's a big fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Beloved was going to school and having to be like Beloved B or... yeah. Beloved, beloved one, beloved S. two. <laughs> is that like is that like one of those names like Destiny or like you know like Portia? Yeah, Chance. I mean it's a state of being. Certainly wasn't being referred to. I mean there were six Rachels in my English class. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Destiny. I only ever had hope. Three. Chastity. Beloved. This is Rachel. the six Rachel. This is the six duchy. People, people do have names of the uh, aspirational qualities that they want to evoke, and I think yeah, like that... mishap. <laughs> I mean, at least she didn't. At least she didn't name him Nettle, or like. <laughs> well, I think I don't mind just... the name Nettle. Fennel. We discussed this Nettle. earlier, Joey, but people being named like Lady Time and Nettle. I think that people who are named after. Uh, plants. That's Daisy. That's just like a lower class, like a working class um, naming convention. But I really like Nettle because she stings. And she yeah. does. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow. What new skills were shown in this section? I put denial in the skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also... He's good at denial. He's very good Drugs. at denial of his, of his... I mean, he's doing really well, considering that he is a recovering skill addict. Um, and he has the help of Night Eyes. And he's 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 not imbibing. <laughs> but he I is mean, doing he's Drugs He's got, like, his 30-day chip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he's doing a lot of drugs from the garden. Also, do skilled dreams count against him? Because how much control does he have over that? Well, he. I think that the question. I think the answer would be that he should have. If you were Kettle, what would you tell him? That he should play the game. Your head play the game and don't sleep. So, speaking of that, skills acquired being really fucking old before your time, I am now the same age as Fitz is supposedly in this fucking book, and, like, I'm not... I had an asthma attack I'm now the other two day years almost, off, and I'm concerned. Yeah, like, I had an asthma attack the other day and almost died, and I still feel way, like, more fit. Than... But Fitz is, like, the equivalent of, like, being dropped off of a building. Like, he's, he's not putting the fit shit. in Fitz. Yeah, he's not. Well, is that because he's been so abused and that, you know, he died a little and, or is it, <laughs> is it died a have little? Have you not died a little, Rachel, from reading these books? I mean, so often <laughs> and over and over and over again. Die, died a little. That sounds like a new t-shirt slogan. He just died a little. Um, just but, you know, is it because, is it because Night Eyes is older? Is it the skill? Is it the torture he went through in Regal's dungeon? Is it a combination? All of the above. Yeah, it's everything. Yes. I mean, he said at one point he could feel the scar on his back, right? Well, I mean, he had an arrow in the back. I don't know if you ever, like, there's got to be some permanent nerve damage or something going on Right, I mean, he had to, like, he almost died, and they had to, like, wait for it to take it out, and he was, you know, the the fool had to care for him. That was, like, a big deal for him. Yeah. Um, And that was after he died, so... (laughs) Animal (laughs) assists our favorite animal friends section. Hello, Night Eyes, you're the goat. Love you. Is he? Yeah, I guess. What? Of course. Ashley. Give it a little more time. How much time does he have left? Ashley. <laughs> he's forever. He's getting old. And just what? Because, such just because he's whip-bonded doesn't forever. mean he's going to live forever. So what in the fuck are you talking about? And he yes, has I- hip dysplasia. How <laughs> dare you? And yes, I did Google today how long the average wolf lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thousand years old. It's, it's fucking a thousand, a thousand years Ashley, old. So shut up. He has you hip it and it just dysplasia. Says longer it's than not, you. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but uh, also, Alyssa, I see that you ordered. You, you added horse corner with Alyssa. I did order a horse corner. <laughs> um, I have a recap of all the horses that have appeared in this section, Hit as me. well as a quote Hit me. that says, It is horses with him, always horses, as it always was, which is Chade about Birch, me, and Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chade's fancy black mare, which is named Ember and probably has bows in her hair at this very moment. Clover the Pony, who looks exactly like Bill the Pony in my mind. <laughs> Does the piebald prince count as a horse? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And then Malta, need we speak, but I must, and the, the whole passage. Radiant. The quality of her breeding shouted from her every line. She was white. Her snowy mane and tail flowed as if she had been groomed, but moments before, silky black tassels bound in her mane complemented the black and silver of her harness. She was not a large mare, but there was fire in the way she turned a knowing eye and a wary ear toward the invisible wolf that flanked her through the wood. That's a 15-2 solid hands. I think she's steppy. I think she's got action. I think she might be a little fancy. I think that she might be a A little little hot. Maybe some lunging. 
She's not for children, but she is. No. All I'm saying is if the piebald prince was like, I'm a horse and now I'm a man, I would say you're a centaur and I'd be into that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you've entered the Patreon exclusive member circle for Rachel's and Alyssa's Horse Corner podcast. <laughs> Alyssa, have I ever told you All that I us, am? Have I ever told you that I am deathly allergic to horses? Like no. legit, they make my throat close. No, I am. Yeah, uh, uh, here's a shout out to everybody. A little PSA: Don't go to medieval times if you're allergic <gasps> to horses. <gasps> no, just looking out for you there. I feel like I would love to go near them, but time. I'd have to have on like a giant respirator, and I feel like that would freak them out. Well, it depends on the horse. I think Malta could handle it with a flom, and uh, I mean, she handled a wolf <laughs> fine, just a little prancy, right? Yeah, yeah, just a little prancy. Mm. Prancy was the fool there, and how creepy was he being, Ashley? The fool was there. They were a negative ten on the creepy scale, and were in fact very dreamy, quite swoony, and everything we've ever needed. Remember, remember how. Remember how Ashley didn't like chiclet, chiclet teeth, chiclet teeth. <laughs> okay, well, clearly he's outgrown his chiclet teeth phase, <laughs> but he did have chiclet teeth, and I will never forget the baby. Okay, like never forget. Um, Fitz Misery the bastard has a moment. Heroics tantrums, extremely bad decisions, etc. Uh, I don't, I, you know, he's, he's pretty depressed, but he's not acting irrationally. He's not stabbing people. He's not slitting throats and going, fit chivalry, bitch. Oh, it's a shame. I'll say, like, to me, a, a moment of, like, a version of heroics was standing up for himself with Starling and saying, like, hey, I have integrity and me fucking somebody else's wife is not okay. You ain't getting this dick no more, <laughs> you ho. <laughs> but really, though, because a lot of people could turn and just be like, hey, whatever. Yeah, you're right. Totally. It's it's fine. He's none the wiser. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. You're a fucking hussy mistral. Like, let's just do this. But I like that he stuck up for himself and mm-hmm. that it was based on some just good old fashioned morale or morals, not morale, morals. <laughs> I think that it's just a lot of growth for Fitz because, again, Fitz at, like, 18, 19 years old was like, we had sex, we're married. Fitz at 35 is like, we had sex, we're in a relationship. And now he's realizing that sometimes sex is just sex. And he doesn't like that. I think that Fitz really, uh, you know, he's he's learning about himself through a kind of painful series of errors. Yeah, well, that, he's learning about himself, too, but, like, he's always let other people kind of dictate a lot in his life. And the fact that he didn't let her opinion sway him to her side, and he was like, no, I know who I am in this moment, and I say, like, this is against my values. I think that's nice to see from him. Yep. Uh, next section. Fitz is not the giving tree. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck it. Fitz is the tree with healthy boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next section For is this check- did you die? Important events, predictions about what's coming up. I said nothing because I know nothing, but y'all are welcome to speculate. The wolf, but y'all, the, the wolf is eventually actually. going to die. I just don't know when. No, incorrect. Okay, you want to do? <laughs> you want to do bets on that? 
It's not happening. Hey. I put 25. Night Eyes what, like 9. Like rubles? American not dollars? What? Not in not. Uh, Bucking biscuits. Do you have a prediction for when, Ashley? I mean, I think it has to happen. Just like time. Uh, no, this conversation <laughs> is this conversation is gross. It has to happen in this trilogy. I just don't know when in this trilogy. I might need a little more information, but I don't know. Like, what's the ne- what's what's the next section? What made you cry? I'm not talking about that. <laughs> talking about no this. no. <laughs> Next section. Next section, then. I'm not talking about it. Um, <laughs> <Good> night, <laughs> nothing made me cry. Next everyone's section. Favorite, everyone's favorite section. Did Fitz suck? He emerged from suckage. I mean, he <laughs> to sucked full a little bit, but... Party. I wouldn't say he, he emerged. He started off sucking. He is, he, is, he, is, he is treading a suck river, and he is emerging from it like a, like a, like a whale. Like a porpoise. He's. Are you saying that he's beaching himself? Because that's not a good thing. <laughs> he he's, finally has. He's a porpoise. beaching himself lovingly into the fool's arms. Oh well, and a reminder yeah. to check out Alyssa's podcast about animal noises. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. <laughs> exactly. Is there anything that anyone else would like to say about our first? section of the tawny man are you happy to be back with fitz uh are you surprised by this new romantical i i am not surprised by the romantical lens i am happier than i thought i would be at the end of this last trilogy to go into this i think i maybe said in our anniversary episode where i was just like it's like emotionally seemed a bit daunting for me to dive back into it, but I mean, chapter five and six got me all jazzy. But I also know I need to like prepare myself for a di- for a crash. But why? I mean, why would you think that? Actually, because it's <laughs> fits, and he's never he's because like, I keep saying we have to live in yeah. Chapter six <laughs> I also am saying I love Jenna, but Rachel is telling me that I should not love Jenna, and so obviously, like, there's a couple red flags there. You are free to like the characters that you like. I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Suspect. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Eli, you've been quiet. I want to know what you think about this section. Are you happy to be back? I am delighted to be back in Fitz's head. Feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all going to therapy later. All my money. All of the in. money we make from our Patreon will go to our therapy sessions. <laughs> All right. So reminder for our next reading section, we're going to do chapters 7 through 11. We're back down to 5. Uh, we just, you know. We got a little six. hype. We needed to just <laughs> Got a little hype. Yeah. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. Yeah, I'm Alyssa. I am at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Ray on Instagram, and I will be posting my Chapter 6 drawing there soon. I'm waiting months <laughs> to post Ooh, it. Exciting. Um, Saved it as my background. No, no, no. Fine. <laughs> 
Um, I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley. I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker, but there's no real content because I live alone and it's COVID. <laughs> All right, Fitz. <laughs> I'm Joey at powerkid.exe on Instagram. I just got an electric bicycle, and that has nothing to do. <laughs> He's going to name it Malta. So <laughs> you have better. It's now named Malta. Oh. It's got streamers. Look at how she flows. <laughs> she has bows in her hair. Uh, and next up is spoiler section, so see you all there. Hello, pained people. Hey. How are you? Are you uh, hurting? The only the only thing I wrote was, "Well, that's the happiest we're ever going to be." How do you feel? The gif really makes it. <laughs> that's why the book just ended with chapter that's six. The happiest we're going to be. Period. For the rest of the podcast. On to Golden the... Fool. <laughs> no, just let's end forever. Actually, I would say the next happiest I was was dying is born. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how happy I was at that moment. <laughs> Golden um, Fool is the only book I have thrown across a room. Golden Fool for what? For the flowers? Was for the, the heartbreak? Okay. Oh, for I the fool saying the first... that there are no limits to my love. And Fitz being like, "Well, there's a lot of limits for me, so here's a page of that. Here's all the limits." <laughs> <but> I... <laughs> I threw the first book of the last trilogy across the room when I finished it. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> intolerable. That book, <laughs> that book is intolerable. It's like everyone was. It it was it's lot. like the whole planet was gassed with like a stupid gas. I don't like birth. <laughs> I don't like reading about birth. <laughs> I don't like it. That birth is like the worst thing in the entire world. It's like, hey, do you want to like? Do you want to scare people straight? You want to make them afraid of pregnancy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to scare people gay? Uh, uh. <laughs> this is why I adopted a green alien child and I want to have actual children. This baby. is why I'm gay. Um, for our listeners who cannot see our doc, uh, the gif that I used is the gif of Paul Rudd on Hot Ones saying, hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Uh, in a really positive way. <laughs> so. The pained smile is descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> Can I request that we put Jamelian fashions back into You want okay. <laughs> yeah. I can add in oh, Jamelian fashions. I think this this trilogy has a lot of the fashions, right? Yeah. It does. This is the Jamelian pants. Courtesy of Lord Golden buttons. bringing the yeah. fashion to court. Looking forward to it. I don't it. think the buttons are until the last trilogy, right? It's the second one. Right? There's so many buttons. I thought in this it was trilogy. the last I thought, I thought it was the last he dresses, trilogy where um, he was just when, like... When he dresses, fits up in the purple monstrosity. Yes. Are there buttons? Yes. Just really can't wait for the pants and the debate on the pants. Fitz is just <laughs> hating the button level. 
the sleeves. I know there's a lot of talk about how like this, there's too much sleeves and then the pants don't make sense. And he doesn't like the shoes. There's, he hates all of it. It's it makes like me think we're moving out of the medieval and toward the Renaissance, which has yes. the most sleeves out of any time period. Yes. There's going to be some, some slash sleeves. Yes. And yes, there's going to be a lot of rough. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I love a good rough. I'm going to sleep love. soundly tonight. I don't know. It's like, what is he like living in the woods, just half naked? Did like the fool show up? And he's like, that's definitely fits. <laughs> he's just wearing a nightshirt. That's him. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> that's the real reason they thought it was him. <laughs> oh, it was the bees and the honey. Okay. <laughs> All right, this is long, so we can end. But thank yeah. you. I'm super happy to be back with Fitz. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, you know, I terrified and feeling sick in my stomach. But yeah. <laughs> it's great. Just always remember chapters five and mm-hmm. six. Just keep rereading. Them. I do. Am I gonna harp on it? Yes. <laughs> I'll be the choir in the background, singing. Just kiss him and be in love. Oh, Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nadja.